let's bring in Teddy, man. He's he's, yeah. he's joined us and uh, sat for a minute. Yeah. What's up, man? How, How you doing, doing? brother? Big Ted. Uh-huh. I'm good. I'm good, man. How's everything? Are we good, me? man? We just talking over. Yeah, we good. We hear you. You hear us? Okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just talking over some stuff that people are obsessing on online. Or been obsessing on <laughs> like uh verses and Jeezy and Gucci and stuff. I don't know if you have any an opinion on, on any of that stuff, but we we oh. we gonna we sort of include you in some of our regular talk. Okay. And, uh, but we, we also gonna uh talk to you about what you got going on with Nipsey's of course as well and you know uh you know your career and everything and you know like see so you you've really been out here for a while man just promoting and, and doing a lot of great things in, in the entrepreneurial and uh, hospitality space here in Chicago, really setting a lot of uh, ground for black business owners here in the city. So, we, you know, we're glad to have you on just for, you know, what you've done and, you know, your history and everything, man. You, you know, you're a big man in the community, not just literally. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that, man. It's been a... Uh you know, interesting time over the past three weeks since we opened Nipsey. And, um, you know, this whole COVID situation is, uh, you know, put a little, put me in a little different situation than I'm used to being in. So, but overall, overall it's been good. You know, the support has been there. Um, You know, definitely done a lot in the community, man. I'm just really, honestly, I'm excited to be on the South side of Chicago, believe it or not. It's uh, really, uh, you know, I, I feel welcomed. I really feel like I'm at home. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, again, the the restaurant is Nipsey's. Uh, you know, they say about 90, 91st in uh, Stony Island, in the heart of yep. Black Chicago, South Side. You know, you, you mentioned first about you mentioned you know we first mentioned the restaurant earlier about being in that space in that area, and um, you know when when we when we think about other uh, places that you engage business in, you've been you've been in some areas where you know black folks haven't been the most welcome. So right. you know, was that was that main from the start of the conception of of Nipsey's was your idea to bring it back to the South Side to be in a more friendly space for for black entrepreneurs? Yeah, you know, I wanted to. You know, when I had the space drink house, we were down in Greektown. Um, yeah. I actually uh, came up with this concept. I wanted to have a neighborhood spot that was on the south side, a place that, you know, we could be proud of. We didn't have to travel all the way downtown. So I built Nipsey's. It's built like a downtown spot, but it's actually on the south side. So I actually mm. grew up like a half a block away from Nipsey's, right on 92nd and East End. So, you know, for me, being able to come back home, it was great. And then all the different things that happened down at Drink House and then the other restaurant at Nouveau, you know, it's a very welcoming feeling, you know, not to be judged when you're outside, to be looked at as, you know, part of the community and not just someone that's, you know, in the community. And so that was different for me. And so to reach out to the Alderman and get action and be appreciated, you know, the Alderman actually came to, um, down to drink house and met with me and asked me, you know, to come there. So it was, it, it was very uh, inviting. And so it's, it's really been, you know, it's been a great opportunity at this point. I always tell people we are in a position where, you know, we're just trying to get through this whole pandemic after that, you know, the sky's the limit. 
Yeah, what's the Alderman down there? Uh, uh Michelle Harris, Alderman Michelle, Michelle Harris. Harris. Yeah, Michelle, yeah. Michelle Harris. Okay. Yep. So okay. you know, it's Shout um, yeah, and so you know, the different Alderman, you know, the one Alderman in where Nouveau was, he was just, you know, he was out of control. He was to the point where it was just like, you know, he didn't care, man. Like, I, you know, you, and it was interesting because the timing of it, right then, it was before everything was happening. So people were looking at things differently. You know, people were saying we were making stuff up and that's not real and the police don't really do that. And, you know, do you really know what you're doing? And I'm sitting there looking at people, telling them, like, I, I could tell the difference. We all can tell when you're being mm-hmm. treated differently. You know what I'm saying? And I've said that for years, you know. And, um, you know, this Alderman told me, he was like, you know, listen, I got less than 4% black people in my ward because we were down the Gold Coast, you know, in River North. And he told me that. He was like, you know, I don't, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. And yeah. so I don't know if, if you, his name is Brendan Riley, but um, yeah. he, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, he actually yeah. thought about making a run for congressman. And I made it my point to contact his aides and tell them, as soon as you step across Halstead, I promise you, I'm going to be there. I'm going to make sure I campaign and do everything I can to make sure you never get another job. You have to stay the 42nd Ward Alderman. That's your lifelong job. You'll never run for citywide, statewide, or anything. Because what he did was, I mean, he he was just blatant with his the way he handled it. You know, it was so many different incidents. And, you know, I often tell people the most violent area when it comes to taverns and tavern and bars is actually Wrigleyville. It's a haven for crime and rape and drugs, oh, yeah. everything. And so you see an abundance of police officers too in that particular area to protect it. You know, it's impossible. I don't care. You can get every single black event in the city of Chicago and you can put them all together. It will never compare to the level of violence in Wrigleyville but they'll have you think it was different. No. And so these are the types of things that, you know, I was dealing with. And the one good thing that the city of Chicago has, they have this thing called clear path that the city, uh, the Chicago police department provides you actual data and you can kind of filter it. You can say, show me all the bars, show me all the liquor license with incidents. And so you can see what the crimes are and it's not like it's a, you know, you can make it up, but then, you know, the way they were targeting us, and even at Nouveau, it was, um, you know, we were talking about Nas. I think Nas was at this event. I'm not sure. But someone had got killed at this place called Stone Lotus, not too far from where Nouveau was. And so the police commander called all the bars and said, don't do any African-American events. And so one of the bar owners actually called me and said, did they call you? And I said, how could he? How could he call me, you know? He never called me telling me don't do African-American events. And so I was I was like, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, this is how they operate in that area. And now you'll believe it. In 2013, it was kind of like, ah, oh, we don't know if that's real or not. Or you just making up. You What was mostly you're playing the black card. That's, you know, you, that's all out the window these days. You know, you kind of know what goes on. But these are the types of things being a promoter in the city we had to deal with. But all these different things that I dealt with in both spots kind of prepared me to be over here in this area. You know, it prepared me to be a better, uh, you know, a better owner, knowing what to deal with, because they don't have spots like this on the south side. So, you know, the difference between me, you know, you can find me cleaning up 
the entire block, not just in front of my space, because in downtown, I'm, I'm going to be responsible for that entire block. They're not going to, if they find trash somewhere, they're going to say, I brought it. So I make sure we clean up the whole block, not just in front of my own place. But that's just the training that you have after dealing with downtown. So, you know, I think more places could, uh, I think more places should come south. And I've been inviting a lot of people to come because I feel like Stony Island is the new Black Wall Street. I feel like, uh, I feel like that's where, you know, everything over there is Black owned. And I feel like we have an opportunity to grow there. And it's been, you know, it's been great. The first three weeks that we opened has been great. It's great to hear, man. You know, uh, yeah. you know, one thing about you is that, you know, not only do you focus on, you know, providing spaces where black people can be themselves and have fun, but you provide, you know, greater missions to what you do, man. So I definitely honor that, man. And, you know, it's, it's great to hear that you're you're starting this movement now to get more businesses black owned and, and such, you know, to invest back in the communities. Cause it's it's rough in Chicago, man. It's 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 yeah. like you say, you know, people don't believe for the longest time people didn't believe how institutional the racism was here and everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's that stuff has been been revealed more throughout the throughout recent years. And I think uh, experiences like yours has helped uh, shine light on on some of these unfair practices that uh, people like Brendan Riley and, and the police, you know, that they put on to to people who are just trying to to find a space for themselves to make money and 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 do things in the center part of the city. But so often we find ourselves not being welcome. And you know, it, we you know, you, like you say, in Wrigleyville, they could have Sodom and Gomorrah pop off every weekend, <laughs> but if a bottle cracks right near a black club in a, in a in a white area, then they ready to to call uh, the SWAT team on. You know, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 not right. The way that you know, I kind of look at it too. You got these, and I think it's you're about to see a big. I think it's going to backfire on him. And the reason I say that. You see a lot of restaurants in different places moving away from uh, downtown. They're moving away from like Rush Street and all these different places. They're starting to move back into their own, like Wicker Park. They're starting to move in Andersonville. You know, they're starting to move back into the community so people don't have to drive that far. If you ever take a drive, you know, recently, if you guys drive up Rush Street, you start seeing all these buildings, they're vacant. You know what I'm saying? So, I think this is going to cause a different type of effect where you're going to get more people. You know, a lot of people are pro-black at this point, too, which is great. And I think that when we start to realize that we can support ourselves. And again, my space is no different than any you can find a space on Rush Street. That's how I built it. I built it specifically so no one can say, hey, well, you got to You're not losing anything because you're coming to the south side. And so that was the first fight. And then to bring the right culinary team in place you know i had to put the right food there i didn't just want to be the greasy spoon or just you know another fried chicken spot i wanted to make sure that we had good food you know i brought in mixologists people that can make real drinks this gave us the opportunity to you know we're we're in a, a space that never had that before you know it used to be a leona's uh where i'm at right now and uh that was uh okay, there you go thank yeah, you so. I was, to, I was trying to place the location. 
Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember so, if it yeah. okay, Leonis. Okay. Leonis. Right, right. It used to be a Leonis yeah. uh, before me, you know, and so the crazy part about that is I'm in I'm, when I'm going through for this remodeling, I can't even believe this man was serving food out of this place. It's amazing. And I was offended. I was offended that he was serving food in this dirty place. He had just got his license. I don't know who he paid to get his license, but it was disgusting. And I was just like, you know, he didn't care because he wasn't a part of that community. And he was making a lot of money just being there, doing nothing. And so that was something that was interesting. You know, I do think that it's going to be a big move. And I think we're, we're going to witness it right now because, you know, the all the landscaping is right for us to be there, you know, from not just, and I'm not just saying restaurants and bars. I'm saying you can do what you want to do. Stony Island is a thoroughfare through the city of Chicago. You know, if I told you, you could be on Clark street up North, you'd be jump people be jumping through hoops to get there. And we have that on the South side. We just have to recognize it and see for what it is and decide that you want to do it. And like I said, I feel like my, my past kind of prepared me to be over here and be able to do a lot of different things. So I'm, I'm excited to be on the South side. That's great. Yeah. 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 I, I, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, it's, it was seen that Nipsey's has, is going to have a place and is going to be able to, uh, you know, continue to thrive as a, as a, as a, a you know, as a business because the need is there in that particular mm -hmm. area. But there are some challenges that's going on right now, you know, being that we're in the age of COVID and we're still dealing with these lockdowns and everything. And, you know, I saw on your on your website, you're doing some, some care, you're, you're making notice of your carry and go uh, right. sort of specials and everything right now. It's, you know, it's, it's hard, man. You know, I, I just want, you know, wonder if you could speak to that and, you know, simply, you know, like I said, opening a spot in this, this year, this era, you know, to me seems like a bold move. And, you know, mm -hmm. for you, I know you know what you're doing out there. So, you know, I don't, I would, uh, I wouldn't bet against you. But, uh, you know, what what have the challenges been in, you well, know, I, opening this spot and, 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 you know, say getting it off the ground at, at this moment? Well, what I, what I can tell you, most people in the city would think I'm going to have a, I guess, a con confrontation type relationship with the city of Chicago. And that's not necessarily true. It's very specific and very targeted individuals, you know. So one, uh, this particular project was actually funded by the city of Chicago for the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund. It was a $250,000 grant to help us build this spot out. That's very uh, time sensitive on how that stuff works, which means nobody knew when we got it, nobody knew we was going to be in COVID. But at the same time, things needed to move forward on it. You know, in a perfect world, I probably would have said, hey, you know, we'll just wait it out to April. But we didn't get that type of opportunity because things had to move forward with this grant and so on and so on. So it definitely was a challenge, but it was something that we were able to, you know, I felt like we could meet. Um, I knew that, you know, my biggest problem whenever I open up spots usually is controlling how many people come to the spot because I'm used to doing dine-in and, you know, events and, you know, making it so it's a, uh, it's very, uh, very, um, you know, it's more of lively. So with this particular situation, I knew I could get people out and get the word out. So it was just like, you know, I got to put it on my back. I got to really go out and promote this food and get people to come out, try it. And, you know, the first day we got completely destroyed. And when I tell you destroyed, 
it was two hour waits to get food. <laughs> so, you know, the thing that I also yeah. try to tell people is that we, most people have never seen the opening of a restaurant. You know, I can take some of the best restaurants like Gibson's. Nobody was around to see when Gibson's first opened. So you don't understand how they had to tweak and do things to become a great restaurant. So I always tell people whenever I open up something, you know, allow us to become a great restaurant. It's going to take a little bit of time to get people working with one another. Then you'll start to be able to see the consistency. And that's kind of where we're at now. The team's been working together for about three weeks and things are really, this past weekend was really great. So we'll start introducing new items now, but as, as the challenges, you know, with COVID, you know, this thing is just, you know, it's crippled. This particular industry crippled it to the point where, you know, they say almost 85% of these restaurants will not return to the city. So with that being said, it's just one of those things where, you know, me, I'm relying on, you know, 20 plus years of promoting, you know, huge mailing list and just trying to send out to as many people as I can, getting people to support and just, you know, hanging in there that's what we're doing right now we're trying to make it to the point where we can get to april and you know putting a lot of trust and hope in this vaccine as well i'm hoping it can be a uh you know pos- positive outcome um i'm probably in a constant argument with my general managers because our livelihood depends on this vaccine working the right way and you have a lot of black people saying they're not going to take it based off of tuskegee experiment and smallpox with the Indians. And I'm like, you know, it's, yeah. I think it's a different time now, you know, and that's just me. I feel like it's a different time. You, in 1950, you could hide that kind of stuff. You know, I think you're going to air it out right now. So for me, you know, you probably see me on IG when I get ready to take my vaccine. I'm definitely going to take it. You know, I'm going to encourage people because it won't work. It doesn't work if everybody doesn't get on board. And so I think you got to have people on board in order to, um, you know, in order to make it. So I feel like all the promoters, the influencers, that's who the government needs to be reaching out to them because that's the only way you're going to end up, you know, doing it. Because some of these places, and I don't know how much you guys follow, but some of these cities ain't never closed. Like Atlanta, they ain't never closed. So they continue to party and do everything. And I'm always looking at them and all, you know, our rates blowing up over here and they still out there partying, popping bottles. So, you know, it's just, we just don't know. We, we talk about the Gucci, you talk about the versus thing, they was in the strip club and they was, they uh, <laughs> they was setting it off right after the the verses and up the packed wall to wall in the strip club. <laughs> exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So you know, it's just you can see why people would say, "Oh, it's not real," and I, I get all of that, but it, it, clearly it's real. It's just a matter of how we got to use. You know, something else is going on in Atlanta. The water, something. They got something else because they are definitely protected somehow. <laughs> I don't know how it is, but yeah. they parties never stop. You can feel I that's know. typically the point, the case down there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I doubt. But yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Ted, Ted I had a quick question. When you were so, when you were planning your business model for this restaurant, did it, it was? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was pre-COVID, right? And by the time yeah. you got the, you know, you got the funding from the city, it was after COVID. So you kind of had to go along with the, you know, previous plan. Uh, you couldn't really pivot. No, it was actually before COVID. It was uh, in October. So okay. as you start to build stuff out, we were building now, getting everything ready. And then January was the start. So this spot probably would have been finished in May, which would have let us mm-hmm. open up in the summer. The shutdown happened. And then they didn't necessarily stop the funding, 
but they want you to keep moving forward because you kind of sign an agreement with a contractor. So the contractor, they never really actually give you the cash money. It's paid directly through a title company to the contractor. So if the contractor is completing work, they're doing a draw on the money. So then right. the final draw is required for you to get a license. So once you get your license, then it's kind of like you got to open. You can't just sit there because it's part of the deal is you got to open and be in this community for three years. And the way that the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund works is, and this was actually set up by Rahm Emanuel, any building built downtown over three stories, they have to give a certain amount of millions of dollars to this fund to help fund business projects on the south side and the west side of Chicago. And I think uh, Mayor Lightfoot has kind of continued it. She made a different name for it. I think it's Southwest by Southwest Program. Right. No, yeah, that, yeah, that's no. Thanks for sharing that. Um, no, mm -hmm. only reason why I ask is I, I know a lot of people who are in the food industry right now are just like really focusing on having like drive-throughs and you know adding that kind of like to their business plan to kind of mm -hmm. you know mitigate COVID. But you guys yeah. are already you guys are already well, in motion. Well, we weren't in motion for a drive-through. It was kind of like we had a sit-down. You got to remember, uh, two days before we were ready to open that's when they stopped the indoor dining. So we had to pivot right there. That was like a pivot for us. So that's where we pivoted to right now. And we're doing a lot of grab and go cocktails as well. So it's kind of like, you know, innovative. And we're about to launch a new program for all the black mixologists in the city of Chicago as well, where they can do their own craft cocktails at Nipsey. So we're trying to do a lot of different things, you know, to create, uh, you know, interest in the business as well as revenue. Nice, nice, nice. Got it. Yeah. And, you know, you got a creative bent about you, man. So it, it seems that, you know, going with the name itself, Nipsey's, you know, it evokes a certain thing. If you come from the 90s, I, I'm, I'm going to put a put up a link to our girl, Jamie Golden, uh, her post she wrote or a story she wrote on Nipsey's uh, for Black Club Chicago. And, um, you know, she, she gave a lot of information prior to your opening and sort of, sort of mentioned it being a taste of the 90s. So I want you to yep. speak on that because, you know, for those who remember, Nipsey's was the spot in Martin. Yep. <laughs> and uh, kind of you know, I, I just want, you, want you to story. talk about conceptually doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and, me, you know, we me. all love the 90s stuff nowadays. You know, that sort of sentimentality that, is you know been big nowadays. So it, it, go ahead, speak to it. It was uh you know like I said I, I looked at it, I wanted the neighborhood spot. So you know I'm a big fan of Martin, and so I was like you know we need a we need a spot we can just come hang out at you know and I wanted it to be a place where people you know you might have a real estate deal you can meet up in Nipsey you know you might want to just go down there and talk you know you might want to find out about you know we might have an issue in the neighborhood you can come down there and speak on it. We can go down there, you know, and the way that this place is built, you know, we can do seminars down there. So it's definitely a neighborhood spot. It's like a cheers. And it's for, you know, and I felt like that's what Nipsey's was for them. So the nod to be in the 90s, you know, we definitely want to be able to, you know, that's what we're going to focus at, mostly on the 90s, like 90s themes and music wise, and just really kind of creating that vibe that, you know, was centered around that particular era. So having gra I graduated from FAM in 1993. So for me, I just really, I thought it was a good opportunity to name a place and have a neighborhood spot. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a neighborhood place where everybody's welcome. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's that. That's that's again. That's just. I think me and Dave, me and you, we've talked a lot about having more spots like that. You know, on, on the south side too. And I know, like Dave, sort of uh, the idea you had for a while was one like one of those uh, uh, you know adult arcade spots. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No. No. What I was gonna say, Ted, is that you know it's really I guess it's it, it I guess it's very great that you were intentional about being for not going where everybody else is going. Even when you keep the South Side is a large geographic place, and I think a lot of people have been going to you know Hyde Park and been going to Bronzeville, and you were a lot more intentional by going to Peel Hill. I, I forget the the formal name of the Chatham. name of it. Chatham, yeah, Chatham, Calumet Heights, Calumet Heights. Thank right. you. Right. Yeah, you were, you know, more yeah, intentional yeah. about bringing it even further south and going to Calumet Heights, and it's not, you know, a lot of those spots like that that are available, which kind of a marriage of, you know, a dining and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, club type or, or just, you know, entertainment type space. Um, so I think that's really important that that exists. And unfortunately, you know, Calumet Heights, normally what you hear about is things leaving that pocket, that corridor, like to your point, like Kenwood Liquors or something that left. Um, you know, and there's so there's things that have leaving in that area, but you're adding, you know, adding to that space, which is important. You and you know, so I think well, one thing I would say yeah. too, and I've had good conversations with a lot of people about Kenwood, and people don't realize the tax implement that Kenwood had for that area. And some people say, Oh, I'm glad they're gone. And I'm like, you can't say that. That was a huge, that is the biggest tax revenue generator on Stony Island. And so people don't realize the amount of money that these uh, bars and restaurants, when you pack them all together in River North, that's how you end up with a place like Walter Payton High School, you know, and then they build it for, you know, millions and then they can expand it for another 20 million because of the revenue that's coming in from these tax dollars. And so, you know, whatever the alderman decides to do with that, I definitely, I'll be talking to Benny's or somebody else to make sure they fill that void right there because that was a huge tax revenue for the South Side of Chicago. And I think that's the one thing, a lot of times, it's it's kind of like people associate, they, you know, they, it's kind of like they did this trick with us. They say, oh, it's just terrible. You got these liquor stores and all of this and you just down it, down it, down it. But in the end, liquor stores that are in uh, white communities are help pumping up those areas. They're giving you your tax dollars to increase and do different things with. And I just always want to make sure that that's not what's going on on the South because we, if we don't know, if we don't know, it's always becomes a problem. And that's one of the things, you know, I've often talked about when I was growing up, people said, oh man, I don't want to work at McDonald's. That's a terrible place. And I'm like, McDonald's is the one place that if you work there long enough, you can become a millionaire, you know, well before you can go to other spots. And so we did a bad job on telling people, oh, don't do this or don't do what needed to happen there because people didn't want to listen. And you had different places like McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, a lot of different places you can work and make money. And people didn't want to do it because we did a hell of a job on tearing it down. And I think that was a mistake that we had. And I think it was a mistake to take all the, when they said we're going to take all the liquor stores off. Now, were they mismanaged? Possibly. But at the same time, you could fix that. You know, you got Kim Bark Liquors in um, Higher Park that does an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's part of it is a respectability thing too. I think 
and we yeah. get we get caught up in the way that our neighborhoods look and the way that they're portrayed where it's like there's a liquor store on every corner and all this stuff like that but like you say a, a business like Kenwood brings in a lot of tax dollars because mm-hmm. it's a high it's it's a high revenue place it brings in a lot of business so you can't you can't just disregard that you know taking that out of the neighborhood it makes an impact that you don't you don't mm-hmm. want there to just be 12 you don't want there to just be 12 Kenwood liquors along Stony Island you want there to exactly. be a diverse set of businesses up and down that corridor like Nipsey's like other places that we could bring into the area but but to have a place like that is meaningful as well but and it's not something you should just look down upon just because you know some people like to drink a little more than others you know All right but look how many people come into the area too just to go there but you have to look at it and say well was the particular stores mismanaged like if you got people just hanging out if you got people just there you know i've been to different i've seen different places that definitely should be closed like I think it's one on 79th and Cottage. It's no question. They should manage that better. There's a better way of doing it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, just, we all know, yeah. We all know. Yeah. 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 So and all I'm saying is that's a conversation versus just saying, Oh, I don't want it to be there. You know, I think you gotta have that conversation with people. And if you start to have that conversation, you know, and take it from a person to know. Uh, the city officials can close that spot at any given time. Whenever they feel like it, they can close that place. But they don't want to for some reason. So you have to think about that. You know, you have to it think about it. has been enough of a hassle yet. Yeah. Uh, I think it has. I mean, it, it, it has. has. It has, but it hasn't. You know, like I <laughs> right. say, if, if there's, if there's that, that one incident that happens, you know, you can have that one incident that happens there. Like, yeah, the, the, the rope is longer on 79th and Cottage than it is in River North. Like I said, you could you could just have right. a bottle break in River North and and it sets off a bunch of mess. You got to have a lot more happen in yeah. on Seventy Ninth and Cottage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's to, to Teddy's point, it's a big revenue bringer, and I mean, East Chatham needs that probably even more than you know where you're at. So to, yeah, take away it's Happy's. I think it's was a Happy's yeah. liquor. To take yeah, away Happy's yeah. liquor, you take away one of the few you know, tax, you know, commercial properties that, you know, actually create a lot of, you know, a fair bit of revenue in right. East Chatham if you took it away, even though it is a nuisance. So, well, the one thing yeah. I would like to see, I would like her to to consider, you know, at least allowing uh, African American to have their liquor store there, you know, and that's the one thing that would be a little different if, if that was something in play for the Kenwood area. Because that guy said he was leaving out of spite. I don't know if you guys know the story behind that. He said he's not coming mm-hmm. back because he saw people. He saw people on his uh, surveillance camera that's been coming to him all these years, and he felt betrayed because they were breaking in his store, and he's seen them for years shopping with him. So out of spite, he just said he's not coming back. So I know he had. I know he had. You in in this particular industry, in the liquor industry, he had to have top insurance. So not only could he did he recoup all that money, they would have fixed that place up for him. Yeah, well, I think you know it's it's funny that you bring that up. I was watch recently watching the uh, the blackout on the on the uh, in New York in uh, mm-hmm. 1977, and they and it I guess at that time they had some of the store owners. They interviewed some of them, and they you know interviewed one of them recently, and she was talking about like the betrayal of trust. What happened to her when she had her and her husband had been in that community as a black store owner. 
her and her husband had been in Harlem. I think it was Harlem at the no, it was in Bronx at the time. And ultimately, people that they had had relationships with, essentially, when the lights went out, they broke and they ransacked the store. And she just said that it was hard for her to reconcile trust with those people. And I think mm -hmm. that sometimes that, unfortunately, you know, to, I don't want to paraphrase Danny Aiello and do the right thing, but, you know, someone, it, it goes beyond the money. I right. mean, you know, especially once you've invested, you know, once you've built relationships with someone in the community, once you've been there and you've actually, you know, put your sweat equity into building a business there, it's kind of hard for you to to get past, okay, the insurance is going to pay me. It's kind of like, you know, it's it's owning. It's like owning. You know, I'll say to put in more something I understand. It's more like owning an apartment building and it catches on fire. If you, you know, you of course you're gonna get paid from insurance, but right. the collateral damage of life is not gonna validate whatever that payment is. Especially, you know, or if you have a tenant that loses his life, the, the whatever money you get paid out, I don't think it's going to be enough to reconcile that loss of life. So I think that there's some, I think there's intrinsic things that we sometimes don't think about past money. And I think even with, you know, with more with the like the, the looting in the, this past summer, you're going to see a lot of those businesses not come back, not because they don't get paid out by insurance. It's just because the element of trust is broken. And that I think right. for some people that's hard to to reconcile. And I but think it opens up a new opportunity. Yeah. But some places like you, you mentioned something like do the right thing and sounds peace of like. Like you could argue that a place like that took for granted its role within the African American, within that particular community. Like in that movie, they had the issue of not putting brothers on the wall. You know, I you know I think with with a place like Nipsey's, I would imagine that, and you know that Teddy could set an example for other business owners to want to, like you know, do more to impact your community from the moment you open. It be interactive mm -hmm. with the community and attend to their needs and wants, you know, in the space that you can provide. Like, like Teddy said, being a meeting place as well as a, a gathering place, you know, a place where people can, can do all sorts of things instead of just go there, be consumers and, and be out, you know? So, it, it, you know, you gotta have that sort of relationship with, you know, sometimes even that's not enough, but, it helps, you know, to have that relation, sort of relationship, an advanced relationship with your community, and not just be a place where you you just sat down there. You're you're there to make money off people, you know. Right, that's true. Great. Definitely. But yeah, we, let's uh let's start to wrap up though, man. Before we before we we, we wrap up completely, you know, I want I want you to speak to to the food there, man, and Nipsey's. You know, I think primarily that's your that's your first foot forward with people mm -hmm. and uh you know especially now where we can't necessarily gather at nipsey's in the way that we that we want to like what what do you think sets nipsey's apart purely as a restaurant right now what what do you what would you recommend as far as dishes or you know the the stuff that you know what would you what would you say makes nipsey's a place that you would want to think about next time you want to order in and, and dial up a uh your 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 go-to uh delivery service well i guess i would start i think we got an amazing catfish that's our number one seller uh it's it's just an excellent choice for us um we just came out last week with something called uh blackened salmon and it's actually ash onions uh surrounding it 
And I'm not a big fish eater, and I actually like that. It's because it doesn't taste as fishy, so it's really amazing. We have uh, stuffed, stuffed lobster fritters. That's been a big seller for us as well. Uh, we inherited the Leona's uh, pizza oven, so we're popping out these amazing pizzas. We have uh, a pizza called the Stony Island, which uh, comes with caramelized onions, sausage and pepperonis with mozzarella cheese and a little spinach on it. So it's our own creation. Uh, the pizzas have been going really well. So we pretty much get whatever you want there. Got chicken dinners. Our chicken is great as well. Um, I think from a setting, you know, it kind of sets us apart. We also have uh, fried cauliflower, which I had never tasted before. My chefs put it out, and it's actually pretty good. Mm. So that's, uh, you know, we've been getting a lot of vegan lovers off of that. Um, so that that would set us apart. And that, like I said, the catfish is our number one choice right now everyone's going for that okay sounds good I'm at the, I, I, I have to admit i haven't checked it out yet and i'm a little far from there so you know i okay. think of the tips sometimes I, I i i use i use uber eats and postmates a little too much anyway so i i try <laughs> to keep it local <laughs> okay that that yeah. have to give them too big of a tip to deliver but i'm gonna try to make it down i'm gonna definitely try to make it down that way to a uh, to stony pretty soon and and check out the food, man, because you know I definitely want to support you and uh so and support your movement, man. But uh, yeah, man, uh, you know before we go, man, you know is there anything else that you want people to know about Nipsey's and you know what anything else you got going on with with uh was it eating drink to your your organization and everything? Right now, man, it's just Nipsey's. Um, you know, it's uh, Nipsey's.com is our website. Uh, you can catch me at Teddy Gilmore pretty much on everything. That's my uh, handle. And we just I just want people to know we're, we're there. We're, we're going to push on through this COVID situation. And uh, when it, when the outside opens back up, come check us out. We'll be there. Okay. And a shout, shout out to your wife, Felicia, too. And, you know, mm -hmm. how, how she's been doing. I know uh, I've been catching on the jam and everything. Yep. I know she's been doing a lot of work at home throughout this. Has, has that been yeah. – uh, you know, how, how you guys been dealing with that? Um, she don't like it. <laughs> she don't like it, but, you know, <laughs> she's been doing it from home. And, uh, you know, I think they go back in January, maybe. They're just trying to make sure, you know, everybody is safe. And um, so she's just been hanging in there. She's doing a lot of real estate lately. So she's been really getting her real estate game on. I kind of help her a little bit with that as well. So that's been going really good for her. So she's kind of thriving at that. Okay, shout out Felicia Lawrence and the yep. Jam. We got some friends over there, you know, Brandon, John Hanson mm -hmm. over there, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's, thanks again, man. Just uh, you know, really appreciate oh, anytime, that, man. Oh, man. For real, you know, wish you the most luck with this, man. With uh, been, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You guys come on over in the, in the spring, man. Come over and shoot on it. We got a new patio we just built too. Y'all come over there and host the show. Oh man, we we'll definitely talk about that. See, Dave is in in, in Cali, so he got to make his way back home for that. But okay, as soon as, as soon as it gets safe to travel, <laughs> when it, or, or yeah, when we yeah, we can travel again. And I got other shows too, so we I'll definitely talk to you about that too. I got other shows. So. All right, all right, man, y'all take care. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you, bro.